Well, good evening, everyone. Good to have you here. How many had it, got a nap this afternoon? A lot more people than I thought. I feel like we have a lot of sickness going on in our church and just around the world right now. I don't know. It must be that time of year. The temperature gets colder and then warmer. It's supposed to be like 70-something this week, 77, I think, on Tuesday or something. So it's pretty much summer again, all over again. So good to have you here with us, and uh, hopefully we have a, a good service tonight listening to, from God's Word. Looking forward to hearing what Pastor has to preach to us tonight. Before we get started, though, we have a couple announcements uh, this, this evening. Sorry, my brain is not working tonight either, so this, is, uh, this could be exciting, all right? Uh, if you're joining us for the first time here in person, please stop by our welcome desk on your way out. We'd love to give you a gift, get a record of your visit. If you're joining us for the first time online, please either go to sptnd.org slash contacts, or you can see on the QR code there and get a record of your visit there as well. Truck or Treat is this Wednesday night, and so if you are a Awana leader or a college kid that is planning on coming and helping with the uh, trunk or treat. We have a meeting tonight after the service right over here by the piano. Um, and so it should be a short meeting, but our college kids will be helping out, filling in wherever needed. And uh, we're looking forward to hopefully having this be a big outreach for our church. Um, but that'll start at 645 on Wednesday. And uh, if you are planning on doing a car, make sure you're signed up on that sheet out there so they know how many cars to prepare for. Our children's ministry training is happening um, we are trying to revamp our whole children's ministry on Sunday morning. So that includes children's Sunday school and also children's church during the service. And so we're revamping that a little bit. And so uh, we're going to be doing a training. We're going to call it mandatory because we really need you to be there. Um, and I know you may be saying, I've done children's, church, children's work for 30 years. We'd still like you to be there um, because there's going to be some changes that we'd like to let you know about. Um, and also just make sure we're all on the same page. Because one of the best things with kids is consistency. And right now what's happening is month to month, there's not a ton of consistency. And so we're really trying to revamp that to make sure that gets consistent. And so everyone, we're on the same page. Uh, we also want to protect our church in various ways as well. And so uh, if you are currently helping or helped in the past or would like to help now, please, that would be great if we could be there. Um, I know it's around Thanksgiving, so it's one of the only weeks that worked timing-wise because we want to start this all up at the beginning of the year. And so it was kind of the last time before Christmas, the Christmas season starts. And so it'll be after the morning service on the 19th. We'll have food for you. Um, it'll just be in the fellowship hall. It should not be very long, um, but we just want to make sure we ha are communicating well with all the people across all the platforms. So uh, Christmas and Wanamaker is coming up December 2nd, and uh, we've done this in the past. We usually have a booth that we set up over at uh, the, is it the Feed and Seed? Yeah, the feed and seeds. I only did it one, one year because it wasn't there the year before. So the feed and seed, and then we have the parade as well. Um, so we'll have a sign-up sheet and stuff like that coming out in the coming weeks. Um, but just so you're aware, that is Saturday, December 2nd, which is coming up faster than you realize. One more announcement before we get to the Missionaries of the Week. Um, next Sunday night is the Teen Takeover Service. So teenagers, you should know about that. But after the Teen Takeover Service, there is a fifth Sunday snack. Is it over at the Ministry House? Is that what I saw? It's at the Ministry House. They're having a mini war night. All right, so it, the cost is $3, and that is after, I'm sure the parents of teens, the POTS as they call themselves, will be doing something as well, but I don't know about that yet. That'll be next week, you can announce that. But that is next Sunday teen takeover service, and then a mini war night over at the ministry house after that $3 cost for the teenagers. Our missionaries of the week are Josh and Allie Perkins. They just got over to Papua New Guinea not too many months ago, and uh, Pastor read their story a little bit of their story this morning. So if you would like to read more about that story or any other things that are going on, you can read in the back. Uh, Miss Faith does a great job putting all those together. And so it's in the back, just in the lobby. Uh, you can make sure that's there as well. All right, I'll have the ushers come forward at this time to receive our evening's offerings. And I'm going to ask Brother Randy if he would pray for the offering and also for the Perkins as well. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much tonight for loving us and thank you for Jesus. Father, we thank you for our family of faith and Father, we lift up those that are hurting tonight and there are many that are just going through some really difficult times and we just lift them up to you for your grace, your mercy, your help for them. And then Father, tonight we thank you for our missionaries, each one of them. Pray that you'll give the Perkins great grace and just faith and, and just the trust in you. Uh, to do the challenges that are, are set before them, as we've heard this morning and again just a bit right now. So we lift them up to you, and Father, we thank you again for the privilege of giving. We pray that you will just use this money for your glory and that people can be saved and come to know Jesus. And Father, I pray for the preaching of your word tonight, that you will just honor uh, your word, that it will just change our hearts and change our lives. And then those folks in Israel, Father, we pray for just spiritual awakening all across our country and our world. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to start our song service tonight with uh, It's Just Like His Great Love. A friend I have called Jesus, whose love is strong and true. Just 
Mr. Matt, before we get to uh, birthdays and anniversaries, somebody tell me, what is it just like Jesus to do, or some, just like Jesus to be? You know, you, you know, you say like this, you know, it's just like grandma to do something like that. What we say is just like Jesus to love you no matter what. I like that. What's another one? To be perfect, to forgive you, to be a servant. I like that. To do the impossible. To always be there. I heard another one back there. What was it? Any others? When you sing a song, you ought to think about what it is. Just like Jesus to do that. Isn't that good? All right, birthdays, anniversaries this last week. Anybody have a birthday or an anniversary this last week? Brother Mark, birthday? An anniversary? When was your anniversary? Yesterday. How many years? 34 years. Man, you're getting old, buddy. <laughs> 34 years. So uh, we'll come back and hear what the secret is to 34 years of marital bliss. JC, you had a birthday? When was your birthday? And how old are you? How old? 16. Wow. Sweet 16. There's another part to that, but I won't say it. And, um, and got your uh, learner's permit. Did I see that? Got your learner's permit. If you don't like the way I drive, stay off the sidewalks, right? So, all right. Congratulations. How long have you done the Lord as your Savior? Nine years. Did you have a birthday, Mr. Enoch? When was your birthday? Wednesday, and how old are you? Five. And have we done this? Five years old. That's great. Happy birthday to you. And you got to do the bounce house yesterday, too, didn't you? That was exciting. Anybody else? Birthday or anniversary this last week? All right, well, who gets to go first, Mark, you or Amy? Secret to 34 years of marital bliss. Keep working on it every day. That's a good one. Prayer. Okay. I hope the teenagers are all listening, right? So uh, prayer is a big one. Do you remember uh, Miss Juanita and, and uh, the post-ex? Aunt Manny. My mind went blank. Brother Manny. We're married 72 years plus, and uh, they, I said, what was the secret? And she said, in 72 years, we've never missed a single day of praying together. Wow. That'll tell you something. All right. All right, well, let's sing happy birthversary to all these young folks. Happy birthversary to you. Happy birthversary to you. Happy birth. God bless you. Happy birthversary to you. Mr. Matthew, come right on up. To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. As we are in the book of Joshua, chapter 9, verses 22 through 27, as we finish out chapter 9. And Joshua called for them, and he spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have ye beguiled us, saying, We are very far from you, when ye dwell among us? Now therefore ye are cursed, and there shall none of you be freed from being bondmen, and hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. And they answered Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told thy servants how that the Lord thy God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore we were sore afraid of our lives because of you and have done this thing. And now, behold, we are in thine hand, 
as it seemeth good and right unto thee to do unto us. Do. And so he and so did he unto them, and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel, that they slew them not. And Joshua made them that day hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation, and for the altar of the Lord, even unto this day, in the place which he should choose. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it, and may the Lord bless you and keep you all safe in the times in which we live, as we go about as you go about this week. You may be seated. All right, so we continue singing tonight. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we Stand with me as we sing in the garden. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear calling on my ear. The Oh 
embrace the cross.
Amen. Thank you, guys. I like that one. Bless the Lord of my soul. Take your Bibles, if you would. We are going to be in uh, the book of Proverbs first, first chapter 29. I'm going to take the first five people. Now, don't stand up or don't uh, volunteer yet. I want you to tell me, the first five people to tell me about an opportunity that you had to share the gospel. It can be 20 years ago. It can be 20 hours ago, but I want, you to, I want to hear about an opportunity you had to share the gospel. It doesn't necessarily mean that the person came to know Christ, but that you took the opportunity to share the gospel. Who's going to be first? All the way back here, Mr. Skeet. It's on JD, so there you go. Good deal. I'll walk it around. It makes it just easier. I need the exercise. That's what everybody keeps telling me. You can hold it. When I was in the hospital... Um, past year, I was able to witness to my doctors, and uh, it was a, you know, the Lord led me to do it, and I was able to do it, and they listened, but I don't think they got saved, but they, yeah. they heard it. Amen. Well, they heard. That's exciting to, you know, you never know why the Lord might, uh, might put you in the hospital, but there's one reason why it might be. We have a subcontractor that um, 
going through some bad home situations right now. I had the chance, the opportunity to spend an hour with him Friday morning sharing the gospel with him. He, he needs salvation, but just sharing God with him and how much God loves not only him, but his wife and just going through that whole situation. Amen. As I'm doing this, I guess I should have started this way. But just to remind you that this goes out onto the uh, airways of the Internet. So, Brother Todd, I do see you over there. We'll get to you. Miss Joy? Um, a few years ago when uh, I was a nurse uh, working over at St. Vincent Clay Hospital, we had a patient in very unfortunate situation, life situations that um, kind of got themselves to that point. Um, and they're there in the hospital, very angry, and um, they threw a full-sized Coke can at uh, this visitor that had come in to see them. And I only know this because we had heard yelling, so I'm walking down to check out what's going on. Did the nurse knock? You knock and walk in, like it's not like a question, it's just like, hello, I'm coming in. And uh, I felt the spray, I heard the, the sound right in front of my face, and I felt the spray, and I, um, well, person scurried out and I looked at him and let him know he had 30 minutes to decide whether he wanted to leave um, against medical advice or not. And I gave him 30 minutes and came back. And in talking with him, I'm, he was so broken. The man was hurting, so hurting, so broken. And I rarely get this big of an open door to just lay all the cards on the table. But I, I looked at him and I said, you are miserable and you will always be miserable. You have no peace, and you will never have peace until you recognize your need for a Savior. And I was able to just lay out the full plan of salvation um, and, you know, give, give him hope that he did not have in that time um, and just continue to pray for him occasionally that the Lord maybe touched his heart. Amen. Amen. Brother Todd, I'm coming your way. <laughs> Uh, the most memorable one uh, that I've had was this past summer. Um, um, I talked to a lot of people uh, through the full service calls and stuff, but uh, this lady, through a mistake that I made uh, with a communication error, I had kind of witnessed her um, at her house, and uh, through a miscommunication, I was supposed to take something back to her house, and I didn't, and uh, Dad happened to be at the, at the shop when she came in, spitting mad. And uh, so she was expressing her um, displeasure to the office. My dad called her down. My dad, you know, dad called me and he said, hey, I called the customer for you down. For you down. But uh, when I had talked to her um, and went through salvation, it, uh, she has an enormous amount of cats. Um, and uh, she was making reference of cats going to heaven, you know, and I was um, kind of talking to her about that and led her into salvation. And anyway, um, but you never know that the smallest things that you might say and just bring up the gospel, how it will eat at them. Because at the end of the, her uh, being upset with me, uh, the dad said, and what is this crazy trying to save me anyway? Um, and it had been two weeks prior. Um, so you just know um, mm -hmm. that if the Lord works in all the little things that you say, um, and sometimes you'll find that one that, that you take a step of faith and think, oh man, I, the Lord's telling me to say something and I really don't want to, but you do anyway. 
and sometimes you'll find a believer that's lost, that's, uh, that's backslidden really bad, mm-hmm. and it might give them uh, a jump start to get back to church too. I've met several of those. Uh, so, but um, be bold. Uh, take that step of faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll get to you, Bob. I know that's six, but that's okay. I'll let you do that. So um, Christmas in Wanamaker made me think of last year, and um, a lady walked up, and I started talking to her, and it was just a very, very brief conversation, and I invited her to a church, and I had the opportunity to give her the the gospel. I don't know anything about her, um, but that wasn't the point. So she listened, and we went about her way. All right, Bobby, be the last one. A while back, I uh, went into Kroger's, and there was a big security guard standing there in the front, and he had his uniform on. I thanked him for his work there, and I said to him, uh, does anything ever bad happen here in Kroger's? Every day. (laughs) And I said, really? I said, you know, there is a place that I know of where no security guards are ever needed because it's always peaceful, everybody's always happy. You know where that is? And as I was asking that, I had my tract, Heaven You Can Know For Sure, and of course he gave me this blank look and I gave him to the tract to him and, uh, and he took it. Now I trust and pray that he, he read it mm-hmm. and our uh, witnessing opportunities are basically in our day and, day and age is uh, done on the fly, mm-hmm. but we are sowing seed. That's our ministry. Amen. Some sow, some water, and God gives the increase, right? Amen. So today you're going to help me preach this sermon tonight. In the mornings we've been talking about the gospel, and at night we've been talking about how we share the gospel and how we can share the gospel and trying to get to that point. So the question then uh, tonight is, What's the problem about sharing the gospel? Uh, It is amazing. We all know to do it, all of us. We all know we're supposed to do it. But crossing that line to doing that, that's a battle, it seems like, for us as Christians to to do that. And so we're asking the question, what's the problem? What's keeping us from from sharing the gospel? So we're going to pray. And uh, I've got my outline, but you're going to give me yours, all right? You're going to say... I think this might be keeping us from sharing the gospel. I think this might be keeping us from sharing the gospel. And then we'll put our heads together and see if we can come up with a Bible answer for each of the things that might be getting in the way. Get the idea? So we'll do this together. Father, help us as we're uh, preparing ourselves to do the job you've called us to do, to be witnesses, uh, to be ambassadors, to share the gospel with those who desperately need it. Help us to figure out the things that are getting in the way, the things that are stopping us from from uh, sharing the gospel as we ought and help us to be willing to step out and allow you to uh, embolden us to share the gospel. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When you uh, give a point, it doesn't necessarily mean, it's not, it's not a personal confession necessarily, right? So we're not going to be looking at you saying, oh no, we know what your problem is. It's not that. We're just kind of generically thinking as Christians, what makes it difficult for us to share the gospel? What would be something you might say, somebody? Say it again. A difference in culture. 
Now, especially today, in, in this day and age, we are definitely blended in culture, all right? Uh, I, I grew up in rural Avon, Indiana. Now, Avon isn't rural today. If you try to drive through Avon, it'll take you about 45 minutes. It's like, it's like bat, wall-to-wall traffic. But when I grew up in Avon, Avon was literally a flashing yellow light where 267 U.S. 36 crossed. And that's all it was. And there was a church there, and... There was a church there. No, there was there was this like it's still I think it's still there, but it's not a motel anymore. It was like like one of those like rent by the hour motels, you know, right there on the corner. Uh, I don't know if that's what it really was, but I mean it's kind of reminds you of that, you know. And that was the, and that was Avon, you know. And then they had the school down the street a little bit, uh, and that was Avon. So it was rural. And I'm just telling you, the cultural blend of Avon in the day back when I was growing up. I can count on one hand the number of people of color I had met before I was 17 years of age. On one hand. I mean, that's, it was just that way. You know, now that's not, that's not where we are at all. I mean, we are definitely blended societies. And so literally you walk out our door, you turn left out the drive, and you turn left in the first drive. That's the neighborhood right here, and it's about 50% Sikh. So, you know, it's, you know, it's like... They're totally different culture, and so sometimes the culture of, of the society kind of scares them. And then culture within, culture not necessarily being like where people are from and necessarily, but you know, there's culture within this church, right? This, this church has a culture, and so there's culture, the way we've cultivated ourselves to, to uh, interact. So that's, that's a big deal. Can you think of a Bible verse that challenges me about this culture? concept. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. So, there's no difference between the Greek and the Jew. That's a good one. All things to all men that I might gain some. God's no respecter of persons. You guys are good at this, see? Who you don't need a preacher, you just need somebody to stand up here and guide you along. I was, I was trying to come to the one in uh, Acts chapter 1. It says, you, re- you shall receive power out of the Holy Ghost come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and most part of Get past the culture, right? We're supposed to get past the culture. Now, that doesn't mean that it, it doesn't, it's not, you know, it's not wrong for us to be aware of it. It's wrong for us to be afraid of it. Do you understand? That it can't, we can't use that as an excuse. We, we're aware of it, but it's, it's, it doesn't excuse us from going past it. So that's a good one. I like that one. I didn't have that one on my list, though, Todd. Somebody else? What's... Okay, now this is legitimate, right? This is a legitimate thing. I, I'm going to say this from the pulpit. Your employer, unless you're me or Pastor Brett, your employer is not paying you to witness. Do you understand? I mean, they're paying you to do a job, and it's probably not read your Bible, pray, and talk to people about Jesus. You may have the opportunity to do that in there, but they have a job that they're paying you to do, and it's probably not, that's probably not in your job description. So you've got to figure out how you're going to balance all of that at work, because part of your testimony is doing your job, Right? I mean, you're, that's what you're there for. Do your job. And there's nothing that, that destroys, in my opinion, well, I can't say nothing, but 
one of the things that destroys a testimony is for people to use Jesus as an excuse not to work. You don't find that in the scripture, you know, so you've got to figure out how to balance that. That's a, that's a legitimate one. So can you think of a Bible answer to that? That's a little harder. There is a good Bible answer. Okay, so, you know, there is a great door and effectual open unto me. We pray for that. So pray for us as we're walking through the doors. That's a good one. Oh, be creative with your redeeming the time, right? Or uh, The one I was going to say would fit within that would be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Right? We gotta, so, you know, God never said this is going to be easy. He just said we're supposed to do it. Or this is our job, right? He has left us here to be a witness. So, yes, there's a lot of barriers. Some of those barriers are not Satan, right? It's not like Satan's put up the work barrier since God's the one that established work, right? It's not like Satan's put up the work barrier, but it is something we have to consider and we have to get to work around or be creative in that. I like that one. Somebody else. I heard somebody over here saying something, but I... The same thing about work, all right? What do you mean by that, ourselves? What, what about ourselves would stop me from witnessing? Because we're going to have to break that one down a little more. There's a lot about ourselves that might get in the way. Okay, so let's, let's deal with fear for just a moment. Fear is a big one, right? That's probably the big one. Let's just be honest. It's a big one. Whether it's we're afraid of what my employer might think if he finds out that I was using my lunchtime to witness to somebody. Because sometimes our jobs have a political a component, right? And, uh, for instance, um, if you are over people, if you supervise, then anything that you do to persuade people outside of the job circumstance sometimes is viewed you know, as you abusing your authority. Because how does your underling tell you, no, I'm not going to come visit your church. You understand if you're putting pressure on them to come visit your church. And so, you know, there's, you know, there's all kinds of other innuendo things that get in there. So, uh, you know, there's, we've got to figure out what we're afraid of, first of all. But fear is a big thing. We're afraid of how it's going to impact us at work. We're afraid of what it's going to do with our family. So what's God's answer to fear? God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's the fear of the fear of God, not man. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. So I told you to turn to Proverbs chapter 29. That was one of the ones that I have here. The fear of man bringeth what? A snare. We need to keep this in mind, right? So fear is a big one. It really is. What are we afraid of? We've got to figure out what we're afraid of so that we can deal with that. Um, are we afraid... So let's, let's delve into this a little more. What else might we be afraid of? We're afraid of what men might think. We're afraid of how it might impact our, our uh, job situation. What else might we be? Afraid of rejection. We're afraid of rejection. What if, what if they say no? That one we talked about, I think, a couple weeks ago. Where, you know, this is the, to me, this is, this is the big one for dealing with family. So you go, to your, you, know, you go to your sister, and she needs the Lord, and so you really lay it out, and you... Tell her, you know, the truth. You're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you can't get to heaven without Jesus. And she says no. And guess what's going to happen in about five weeks? 
Thanksgiving. Guess who's going to be there? Your sister. And it's going to be awkward. You know, and it's, that makes us afraid. And so sometimes, this is what's amazing to me, though. You know, think about this. Because we're afraid of messing up Thanksgiving, we're willing to risk messing up eternity. Right? I have a feeling that if our sister comes to know Christ, they're going to really be thankful for all eternity. <laughs> right? Uh, and, and I think that the risk for Thanksgiving is probably worth it, but, you know, I, I'm, you know, this is just it. Anything else we might be afraid of? Say it again. Oh, okay, so we might be afraid of what topics might come up, you know, whenever we're talking about the gospel. We might be afraid of what other topics might come up, and so that's a big challenge for us. It is, right? It, it is a challenge. Can... can what the, what's a Bible answer for that one? Can you think of a Bible answer for other things that might come up? Be ready, always give an answer to every man. Study to show that self-approved unto God. Workman needs not be ashamed, right? Dividing the word of truth. Say it again. Hide our, if we hide God's word in our hearts, we're ready to, that's how we'd be ready to give an answer. You know what I was going to say? I know this is going to sound... This is going to sound like I'm being smart alecky, but I'm going to say foolish and unlearned questions avoid. When it comes time to the gospel, you're talking to an unsaved person. Does it really matter the question that they have about the end times or the question that they have about... And it's not that it's not a legitimate question, so that's why I'm hesitant to say foolish and unlearned questions. But the reality is we need to stay focused on what is before us. And so learning how to say, you know, that is a great question, and we'll talk about that maybe the next time, but let's consider this. And keeping people on target, that's a challenge, right? It just is. It's a challenge to kind of keep people on target. So as we're dealing with ourselves, anything else? We had fear. What else about ourselves? Shame. Wait a minute. Shame? Shame? Now we're back to witnessing your sister. <laughs> You're going to tell your sister how big of a sinner she is in need of Jesus. And she grew up with you. <laughs> you know, the, your, your people at work, you, you're going to witness to your boss. And the problem is, last week your boss had to write you up for being late three times. Now, should you have been late? Probably not. But is the gospel more important then your shame. This gets, this gets tough. So sometimes it's shame of what we know about ourselves, right? We know our own uh, shortcomings and how can I talk to someone about their shortcomings when I see myself, uh, you know, so plainly. That's, an, that's one shame. What's another shame? That wasn't the one that I was thinking of, but... Ooh. That's a big one. How long have I known you? 27 years. And you're just now talking to me about Jesus? Yikes. Now, that's a long time to know somebody not talking to them about Jesus. Having said that, are we willing to, what, let's stretch it out to eternity? I didn't talk to you ever about Jesus? Is that what we're going to do? Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense. So, 
That's another one. I hadn't thought about that one. Okay, so now we're afraid of, we're ashamed of what people might think of us. I mean, are they going to quit inviting me to the company parties if I'm talking about Jesus? You know? On Euchre night, am I going to be left out because I'm talking about Jesus? And we're afraid of what it's going to do to our social status. We're ashamed. And so some of that shame is of the gospel. Is that even possible to be ashamed of the gospel? must be since the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You know, what's holding us back? Something is keeping us from witnessing. It's fear of various things. It's perhaps shame, of our own shame, of our own shortcomings, or shame of why haven't we done this before, or shame of what is, how are people going to view me if I start talking to them about Jesus? I got saved when I was 16. I wish, you know, I, I tell you, this is, I don't, know, I, won't, I don't know how to say it, so I'm just going to be careful what I say. But I got saved when I was 16. And when I got saved, I just, I was one of those people I got saved, and I just started talking about Jesus. So I was in, it was Avon High School, and I, uh, I was doing all the things that 16-year-olds were going to be doing at the, the high school, all right, as an unsaved person. And so I got saved, and I dropped out of this, and I dropped out of this, and I dropped out of this, not because they were so wicked and sinful, but because they weren't really helping me with my walk with Christ, okay? So I'm just, I'm dropping out of things. I'm talking to people about Jesus. I'm talking to people about Jesus. It was the strangest thing. The cool kids at Avon High School turned on me. And I was one of those cool kids when I got saved, but they turned on me. I became an outcast. But the, you know, back then we would call them, you know, the hoods. But, you know, back then it was, you know, whatever you guys call them nowadays. Uh, you know, they were the rough kids, right? I mean, they were the ones that, they were the reasons the bathroom doors were taken off of the bathrooms, right? I'm, in Avon, they took all the bathroom doors out, off the do bathrooms to keep kids from doing things that they shouldn't be doing in the bathrooms. And so they just, their answer was to take the doors off. So we decided we were going to have a sit-in, by the way, at Avon High School. And uh, Elmo Carver was the, the uh, who, what was he over here? The superintendent over here at FC in his final years. He was my principal. Here was Elmo Car Carver's uh, answer to it. We had a sit-in. So we were going to sit in the hallway until they put the bathroom doors back on. So we went out there and sat in the hallway, and he got on the phone and said, everyone who's not in their classroom by, within two minutes will have their parents call to come and get them. Hallways cleared. Everybody... <laughs> Everybody went back to end of sit-in, right? You know? <laughs> it was great. You know? But anyway, I started taking the stand. It was, it was funny because those ruffians were the ones that would come to my defense. The cool kids started making fun of me, and I'm just taking it. And all of a sudden, some kid I didn't know from Adam, you know, had hair down to his shoulders and looked like it hadn't been washed in weeks. And, and you know, we knew that he was smoking something out back. On, you know, and, and, but he stepped in and told those cool kids to leave me alone because they respected that somebody was taking a stand for something. It was amazing. You know, wow, just take a stand for something. 
what's it going to do to our social status? It's a big deal. Uh, it really is. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Am I, am I ashamed of Jesus? You know what the Bible says? If I'm ashamed of Jesus here before men, when I stand before the Father, he'll be ashamed of me. Ooh. Yikes. I don't want that. So, uh, you know, what's another one? Somebody else. Say it again. Oh, we look at the way people look. We look at what they're doing, and we decide. This is what we're talking about this morning. We decide whether or not they're worthy of the gospel. It's kind of weird how we do this, right? We look at it, we think, oh, they, have you ever noticed that the people who you think might be interested aren't, and the people who you, the last person on the planet you thought would be interested are the ones who responded to the gospel? <laughs> you know, it, it is very biblical, by the way, if you look at this, right? It's very biblical. Uh, it is the way it is. So we have a tendency to, to look at the outward appearance now, listen, I, I know, I'm not asking anyone to endanger themselves. There are circumstances and situations where you ought not. You understand? So you see, see a gang of people, you're out on the street, it's after dark, you see a gang of people walking, and you, know, you think they might be toting or they might be whatever. You know, it might not be your time to go up and, you know. Now, it might be. For some of you, that's exactly when you should go up and witness. You're that kind of person. You can do that. You know, but, you know, you ladies probably shouldn't take that opportunity to witness. You understand how this works? So I, I'm not suggesting that, but so all too often we're like, I'll witness to that one. No, I'll witness that one. I don't think so. And that's what we're doing, and we're kind of picking and choosing because it's based on our comfort level. And so what's the Bible answer? God is no respecter of persons. Well, remember when Jesus looked out in the crowd and he said he, he was moved with what? Compassion. That's what we've got to, become, we've got to come to, right? We've got to be moved with compassion. What's another thing? I don't have time. Ouch. You know, I, you know, Lord, I would be a witness for you, but you know I've got this appointment I've got to get to. And our witnessing is, like, scheduled. And amazingly enough, it never gets scheduled. We schedule everything else, and then we come to the end of the week, and we're like, well, I didn't have time. I had time for everything else I wanted to schedule, but I didn't have time. And so, you know, I know, I know it's a busy world. I, I, this is like a little, it's, it's, a, it's a conundrum that we're in. I don't understand it. it. It frustrates me to no end. We can do more in an hour than any generation before us. We can. We can, and we can because we can do it all simultaneously, right? We can be printing a book, literally, off of a printer, while we are cooking dinner, while we are reading something on our iPad. You know, all, all can be happening at once, and in an hour have it all done. I mean, that's the world in which we live, and yet we can get less done, it seems like, than generations before us. It, it, it's an amazing thing. I don't, I don't fully understand it. You know, we, we live in this day and age, it's just, it's, we're on lightning speed. We really are. Think about this. Your great-grandmother walked to church, which decided how far away she was going to be from the church. You understand? Many of you passed five churches, seven churches, 15 churches to get to this one. And it took you less time than it would have for your grandmother to walk to church, your great-grandmother to walk to church. You understand how this is? I mean, it's, 
but yet we still don't have time. And so we're back to the redeeming the time answer, right? We've got to figure out how to, how to find that time. What's another one? Oh, so what do we call that, Devin? Procrastination. Uh, you know, what is that, what's that Patch the Pirate song? Will you wait, mate? Will you wait? It don't matter if you're just a little late. Will you wait, mate? Will you wait? wait? Step right here at Procrastinate Gate. Don't be rash now. Think it through. Take your time and put it off a day or two. I've got to sing it in that accent because of the way some of it. Will you wait, mate? Will you wait? Will you wait? Please, mate, will you wait? No, we don't want to wait, right? It's that procrastinating. And oh, Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be transparent. That, I'm good at that. I am good at, just ask my wife. Yes, I know, I've got, I see the to-do list. I know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. She's like, it's three months old. Oh, <laughs> what's your point? <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm good at that one. And so all too often, that's what it is. You know, we decide, okay, today, it's Sunday night. I'm going to go to work tomorrow, and I'm going to witness to fill in the blank with the name of whoever the Lord's bringing to your mind. And then tomorrow, we convince ourselves that this isn't a good day because of this, 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 and this, so I'll do it tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Never mind. So, so, anybody know what that one's from, by the way? <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that's exactly right. <laughs> the claymation version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed The kid's like, what are you talking about, Pastor John? Um, so that's a good one. What's God's answer to that one? What is life? Is he in the vapor to appear for a little time and vanished away? Any others? Today is us. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Right? So. Give me another one. Jeff. There are some people that we deem, we deem unworthy of salvation. Think about that. That's been true historically, right? I mean, there's a time in American history where we preached race outside of the gospel. Now, we know that there's only one human race, right? We know that now. We're enlightened, but our forefathers would stand in a, pul in a pulpit and get amens for preaching something else. It's just true. I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's just the reality of where we are. So throughout history, there's always been, you know, there's people that we deem. You know, maybe it's just that person that hurt you. You know, they hurt you so badly that, uh, remember I told you about my dad? Th this, this just burned itself into my core. My mom leaves my dad to marry my dad's brother. I come home from school. I'm about 14 years old. My mom and my dad 
and my uncle are all sitting around the dining room table. And my dad has his Bible open and is witnessing to them. Wow. That's amazing. Because I'm telling you, some people in our family had deemed my mom unworthy of the gospel at that point. You know, she had she'd crushed her family. And and so it was that was that was that was incredible to watch. Sometimes we deem people unworthy. Sometimes I've got to hurry. I'm way out of time. Sometimes we just simply believe that the gospel isn't powerful enough, that it can't, we were talking about that this morning, that it can't penetrate a heart. Sometimes we are just selfish, right? We don't think beyond this moment. Uh, Sometimes, this is a big one, has nothing to do with, I don't like this person, it has nothing to do with, I don't love Jesus. It is just that I forgot. Have you ever walked away from some place and then kicking yourself, I didn't even invite them to church. I didn't give them a tract. I didn't talk to them about Jesus. Have you ever done that? That absent-mindedness. You know, so this is our problem, right? We're here to carry the gospel. And there's a thousand reasons, perhaps, why we're not doing so well. Let's ask God to help us focus on just a couple of those this week. And let's see if we can't Find God's answer to those. And let the Holy Spirit of God help us to overcome fear and shame and concern for our social status and keep filling in the blank and to share the gospel with someone this week. Will we do that? Father, burden us for the souls of men so much so that it pushes us to action. Help us to believe in the gospel so strongly that not only can it change lives, but that it will, and that it is the only way lives will change. And give us that boldness to share the gospel this week. Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. We're going to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. I don't know how the Lord may have spoken to you tonight, but the altar is open if you want to come and do business with the Lord as we sing together. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Okay, we have a couple things. It's been one busy day. We had a shower this afternoon. Tonight, uh, Matt wants to meet with everyone who's going to be, uh, who's in Awana or who is signed up to help with the uh, trunk or treat for just a few moments over here. Same time, we have play practice for Christmas play that's going to happen. So if you're in both, you probably need to go to play practice first. I mean, play practice is a priority, but you need to touch base with Matt first so that he knows and he can say to you what is necessary before uh, you go. So if you would do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, Anything else that we're supposed to be announcing? All right. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You are dismissed.